know I love you, baby. I wouldn't leave you. It wasn't my fault. Honest. I ran out of gas. I had a flat tire. I didn't have enough money for cab fare. My truck didn't come back from the cleaners. An old friend came in from out of town. Someone stole my car. There was an earthquake. A terrible flood. Locust. It wasn't my fault, I swear to God. Episode 119. The moon with the rebel base will be in range in 30 minutes. 30 minutes. Every time Catherine revved up the microwave, I'd piss my pants and forget who I was for a half hour or so. It's 30 minutes away. I'll be there in 10. I'll be there in 10. Is this a five minute argument or a full half hour? You have 30 minutes to move your car. Your car. You have 30 minutes to move your cube. Your cube. You are listening to a half hour wasted. There is no way I pay more than $3 for a comic. And now, here are your hosts, Brad, Frank, and Bill. And that's what happens when you take two Benadryl approximately an hour and a half before you need to be on air. Mm. That's what happened. <laughs> to you know, me. I love you, baby. I wouldn't leave you. It wasn't my fault. Does the dog eat your homework and all that? All that. Ding so dog allergies. Um, so that is why I'm approximately 30 minutes late. Brad called me right at a record time, which was mm-hmm. five, and uh, that woke me up. I said, where you at, dog? <laughs> and I was like, oh. <laughs> so again, I apologize, guys. I'm late. I, I will tell you that I've had a very grueling about last 72 hours. Well, My, my part-time job was... You um, you'd probably deserve a little rest after I, all you've been through. I would agree with that. I believe yeah. we have something to celebrate. Wait a minute. Welcome to episode one nineteen. Yes. Yay. Episode one nineteen. The applause. All right. There we go. So what do we have to celebrate? And there was much rejoicing. Yay. Um, Frank that's, has that's not me. Has left Bill in the dust yeah, and got a full time job. Yes. I got awesome. A, I got a call um, Friday uh, from. I was using a recruiting service, mm-hmm. and um, I have a full time job. Granted, I passed the uh, the P test, which I'm sure I will. Did you study for it? You think I, so? I'm cramming for it tonight. <laughs> True that. <laughs> but you don't, it's, you don't it, eat uh, muffins with the poppies on them, do you? That's all I've been poppy, doing. Okay, those poppy seeds might get you. And uh, and drinking some uh, lots of uh, um, juice with hemp in it. And, okay. Um, okay. All that good stuff. Been wearing a lot of hemp clothing. Yes. <laughs> okay. Getting wet. In it. No permission not granted. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Hanging out at my uh, apartment complex patio. Okay. And, uh, That's probably uh, good for a little second hand. Uh, Acceptable. You... <laughs> oh, these are nice drops. <laughs> Thank you. I've worked on them today. <laughs> hang on, hang on. Here's another one. Oh no! Somebody's going to get an email. <laughs> That's nice. That's my that new favorite. Needs to be someone's catchphrase. What does it get played again? Thank you, ATHF. Oh no! Somebody's going to get an email. So whenever you say anything remotely controversial, mm-hmm. you either get that or this. No permission not granted. ATHF. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That's from that. Yeah, it was a. Um, <clears throat> it was from the episode G Wiz. Yes. They couldn't say <laughs> the name Jesus. Uh-huh. Because of standards and practices. Uh-huh. What are Standard. standards and practices? <laughs> yeah. So uh, they played this little video, and uh, nice. voiceover artist George Lowe was the guy uh, 
<laughs> oh no! Narrating. Somebody's going to get an email. Okay, that is that needs to be someone's catchphrase. So congratulations on your job, man. <laughs> thank Indeed. you. That's thank awesome. you to everyone. In fact, here's some. Uh, I sent out an email last night. Here's some of the gr- uh, congratulatory emails I got back. Do you need to wake up first before we? I think I need a drink. Mm. But uh, I'll take. I'll read this first. This is from my friend Angie. Congratulations, Frank! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! That is great news! Exclamation point! From my friend Stephanie. Yeah, four exclamation points. <coughs> Take that. Thank you. Good heavens. Uh, for my friend Rathine, <laughs> congratulations. Wow, that's uh, that's pretty in-depth there. Uh, from Randall Hunt, who was on our um, um, Star Wars in-depth show, the yes. um, Empire, Empire Strikes, Strikes Back. Back. Fantastic news, exclamation point. And yeah, so it goes. So, How much do you make a year? <laughs> <laughs> I will be making more than minimum wage. Well, that's a good sign. <laughs> so that is exciting. I do think, we need to I stop for Carl's a second? Not you sure look like about you're that. about to die. Tell you what, you do your sponsor, and this will help out. Okay. Let me call up the webpage. He needs more Benadryl. Benadryl, assuming hey. That, assuming that was Benadryl in the first place. That's <laughs> the greatest thing for a, for a cranky, colicky baby. What's the uh, What's the Walmart version of, of Benadryl? Because that's what e- I'm using. Equate. Wall-a-drill. Sleep-a-drill. Sleep-a-drill. Not, not itch-a-drill? Itch-a-drill? Is that I a- can't afford that name brand stuff, then. That sounds like something might happen to you in a construction site. <clears throat> InStockTrades.com. What is InStockTrades.com? <laughs> sponsoring this fine episode. Uh, you get uh, huge discounts on your in-stock, I mean, on your uh, trade paperbacks and your hardcovers. There's even the occasional novel in there, like a paperback novel. Dark you Horse has a with, few in there. With really? no pictures? With no pictures. That's get, right. your, uh, get your novelization of um, Infinite Crisis. Or Final Crisis. Actually, the ones I've seen have been mm-hmm. alien novels okay. about, you know, based on the movies. Yeah. They're pretty good. I've read most of them. I've also seen a novelization of a... Um, Neil Gaiman's written a couple of them, and they yeah. make up. Yeah. Hey. The uh, 37% off on these books, these items, no shipping on orders over $50. I sent you guys a text message the other day and said, I'm getting ready to go in on an in-stock trades order. Did you do it? Well, no. I was waiting for your response, and you never responded. That's a good point, because I'm awfully... I've become more rude lately. The top number one seller this week? That's okay. I'll just interrupt rude people. No sweat. Thy Kingdom Come, Justice Society of America, Volume 4. Got it. Part uh, Thy Kingdom Come is the title. Part 3, hardcover. Got it. $25 sticker price. You can get it for $15.75. If you Actually, guys haven't I, read that Thy Kingdom Come storyline with the I, Earth 22 Superman. I do have the hardcovers because I lacquered all my floppies. So It's a really you know, good story. It worked out well for me. Really good story. InStockTrades.com. Sister company. Now, of course, I, I bronzed my, uh, my Lightning Saga issues, and that did not work out so well. <laughs> I told you not to do it. I'm, I do feel bad about that. That was that was bad strategy on my part. I may get an email about that. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you're... Um... Oh, no. Somebody's going to get an email. You okay, buddy? Frank. Yeah. Brad, I got an email from your girlfriend. Hey. Um, and her girlfriend's name is? Is... Um... Juanita I just Gonzalez. I just need her address. That's all I need. Or, or an email. What a, congrats from her. Home phone One, number? 123 Anywhere Street. Your Town, that, USA. That sounds like a bluff. 
What'd she say? Uh, congratulations. Wow, she's usually more creative than that. Well, <laughs> let's see. I was I was actually. It says Frank. That is awesome! Exclamation point! Exclamation point! I'm so happy for you. I think Lisa Kugel works there for a division of the hospital. Does that's, she really? That's Kugel. That, that Kugel. Kugel. Um, now, are you actually down at um, the medical center? Children's Medical Center. Right? Yes. CMS. Um, well, I don't know what division. Uh, they have a lot of divisions. They have okay. a lot of campuses. So okay. I'm not sure which campus I'm going to be. I think I'm going to be in the development one, which is uh, mm-hmm. off of okay. 35 and Inwood, I think. Oh, dear. Okay. When my, people in Dallas don't okay, know Okay, so you're not at the hospital proper. When my younger no. daughter was, oh, wow, was okay. a year old. Uh-huh. She took a care flight helicopter ride to Children's Medical Center in Dallas. Wow. Oh, goodness. She, she banged her head. Oh, poor thing. And her eyes rolled up in the back of her uh, head and she stopped breathing. I, did, I never True knew story. That. Absolutely true story. Based wow. on a true story. I'll tell you oh, later no. sometime. Okay. She's fine now, though, except for that twitch. Oh, yeah. Mm. Okay, so what are we doing lights. on this episode? Well, we are going to talk to... Wait, do you want to talk about your job more? Uh, just, no. We're just very happy for you. Yeah, uh, I'm happy. Um... I will tell you this, the last 72 hours have been very grueling because we had a Lutheran conference at my part-time job with the city of Plano, mm-hmm. and um, the last 72 hours have probably been the hardest I've worked there. Not wow. not, not that it isn't challenging, but uh, I think I logged in uh, almost 60 hours this week. Jeez. Jeez. And, but that's been, I've been there since... She was Since November, and it's it's always been part-time, but they just... A guy had to go to a conference, and my boss had to go to a conference, so I had to cover the slide mm-hmm. for him. Not not that difficult, but it was uh, it was challenging. It was actually a very good show. Vegas True is hurting. That. Yeah. <laughs> True that. Vegas is hurting. They need conferences out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they are. Mm-hmm. Okay, but, uh, so, you're not supposed to gamble I, 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 with your expense account, though, so maybe he knows he's that. He's very responsible. I don't like okay, I, I, I doubt that. But, um, but yeah, so, that, so that's what I did. You and, don't have to cover for them anymore. You don't work there. <laughs> I feel I you feel can obligated. you can say anything you want about those people and they can't do it. When a do thing you stop you your part time job? Uh, well, I gave them two weeks. Okay, so that's fair of you. And um, you gonna <laughs> take two weeks vacation? <laughs> I should, right? No doubt. I don't think I I don't think I ever bagged any vacation because I was part time. I don't think I don't mm. think that's part of the gig. Good heavens! You don't get stuff like that. That's wrong part about being part time. But uh, but so that's it, guys. Thank you for all the well wishes and stuff. I just opened my email just to kind of check you. Stuff out. Good for you. Nice. Nice. But we're going to talk to, uh, I think, John Simon from Comic... He's hosting a Comic Palooza show, which is the weekend of... May. May the 2nd. May the 2nd. It's actually... Houston, Texas. This coming weekend. Yes. And we're going to... Wait a minute. Does that mean this coming weekend is free comic book day? I believe Uh, so. Yes, it does. Holy shnikes. Yeah, it is. Mm -hmm. So, everybody, stand by. You've got... uh, From the time this uh, posts, you'll have... uh, Five days to psych up for it. Yeah. Yeah, now, Comic Palooza, it looks like it's a free comic festival as opposed to the ones we have to pay to get into. Well, yes. but it's kind of like Cape was, Must right? Must be nice. Yeah. In fact, let's get John on the phone. Okay. We're not even going to pause. We're I just going to get him just, on the phone. Just do it. I'm going to dial this here number. <sighs> he Dead also owns air. a comic book store. Oh, no kidding. Okay. Yeah. In the Houston area. Okay. Hi. Hi, John. How are you? Doing great. How about you? Doing well. I'm. On, we are on the air, and uh, you have spoken briefly with Brad. How's it going? Just fine. And fine. Bill. Good to know, Ben. And uh, how are you doing today? How's the family? Just, um, just uh, doing pretty well. Okay. Doing pretty well. Right. Now we haven't really touched much on on um, on on the show yet, but before we get into Comic Palooza, why don't you tell us just a little bit about yourself and your shop in Houston? All right. 
Uh, well, first of all, um, my store has been open for 14 years. Well, actually, this is the 15th year coming up pretty soon. And um, the name of the store is Midnight Comics and Games. And yes, we are open until midnight. Sweet. Wow. And uh, yeah, so that's that's uh, kind of our our trademark thing. And uh, one of the things that uh, we built the store around was the idea that um, that it's a good business practice to encourage uh, community. And we've always done that with uh, with games, you know, giving people a place to play, uh, hosting tournaments and leagues and things like that. And um, that is one of the reasons that uh, that it's so natural for us to do something like Comic Palooza. Uh, we're trying to do that for the comic book world too. Cool. So. And is this the first year of the show of Comic Palooza? Um, the way it is now, yes, we we did Comic Palooza last year, but it was it was uh, it was very small. It, it wasn't it wasn't intended to be huge. It wasn't like we did a big thing and no one showed up. It was it was a small event, and it was an opportunity to to uh, uh, bring local comic uh, creators together, people who didn't get to see each other because there, there isn't uh, a lot of community like that in Houston right now. Uh, I wanted to bring them together, give them a chance to meet each other, um, give them a chance to meet uh, you know, some of the, the public and, and to meet some of the press. And uh, we got good media coverage out of it. Um, they got to talk to people um, you know, they, they networked a bit and, and uh, you know, sold some stuff and watched The Dark Knight and had fun. And so, yeah, it, it worked. But it was, it was um, created as kind of a small event. And this year we've made it into a, uh, a full-size convention. Okay. And, and you're kind of doing it not so much in conjunction with Free Comic Book Day, but with the release of, of uh, X-Men or, or Wolverine Origins? Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the idea behind that is that... Uh, when a big movie comes around, a big comic book movie, it makes people think about comic books. And it makes the media think about comics. And uh, they start looking around for, uh, for, for things that they can tie into it. And uh, that's sort of the idea behind it. So, you know, we're kind of, the intent is that we kind of ride that wave and, uh, and get a little residual attention from it. And uh, it, it worked pretty well last year for The Dark Knight, and it's worked very well this year for, for Wolverine. Well, cool. Well, uh, okay, well, let's start off with the guest list. Who do we have coming to Comic Palooza? We've got a pretty, uh, pretty long guest list, and uh, it ranges all the way from um, local people, uh, new people, uh, all the way up to fairly well-known uh, names. Uh, a lot of your listeners are going to recognize Umberto Ramos, who's famous for his work on, on Wolverine and X-Men and for creating Crimson and, and doing a bunch of stuff. I loved him on Impulse. He was my favorite oh, really? back okay. then on Impulse. Yeah. He was awesome. Yeah, Impulse was a spot where you know he got on Impulse and people went nuts over him. And people who like Umberto Ramos, uh, they're, they're crazy for him. You know, I'm surprised they, they haven't surrounded him and ripped him to pieces and eaten him yet. <laughs> you know, they, they just really, they really like him. He's quick, though. He's wily. He has, like, cat-like yeah, reflexes. That's, that must <laughs> He's be it. wily. Is it white meat sure or dark? <laughs> <laughs> um, and then uh, we, have, uh, we have David Mack. And, um, Extremely nice man. Yes, and, and very talented. Uh, he's an amazing artist. He's got a different 
style. It's not always comic booky. It's very collage-like. And, of course, he created Kabuki, and uh, he did uh, a, a, an extremely popular run on Daredevil, and he's done covers and things all over the place. And he's, he's distinctive, and, um, uh, and he's got a, a strong Japanese influence. And the man, the man is talented in many ways, writer, artist, uh, just uh, scholar, tons and tons of things. I wish I had half that kind of uh, knowledge and, and expertise. Uh, I believe uh, our I believe our own Legion of Dudes, um, Russell Latham, is going to interview him for either our show or their show, which is the Legion of Dudes. Is, that's correct, right? Yes, yeah. yes, that that is the plan. Um, we have set aside some time on Friday night for for our um, guests to be interviewed and. Uh, so Russell wanted to uh, interview David Mack, and uh, we're, we're going to set that up for him. Cool. And, um, you know, barring any unforeseen things, but that, that's, the, that's the plan. Um, we also have some people like uh, Tom Hodges uh, out of San Antonio. And Tom, uh, he, does, he does the uh, work on the, the web comics for uh, the Clone Wars stuff. The, the, it's the companion uh, strips to the, uh, the, the animated series. And uh, then we have, oh, and we have Steve Scott, who worked on Exiles and Hulk and She-Hulk and a bunch of other things over the past 15 years. And he's about to take over the pencils on Uncanny X-Men. Big time. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a really, that's a high-profile spot. Yeah, I'd say that's arriving. And, uh, yeah, and his, his stuff, you know, I was, I was going back and looking at it, um, his work on She-Hulk, he's... He's really interesting because he has this way of looking mostly like, you know, other comic book guys. You know, there's certain things that you expect out of comic book artists. And he does that, but then you can see certain certain more stylized influences where he's you know, he'll he'll give he'll give the uh the reader enough things that they expect so they feel very comfortable with it, but then he'll kind of you know, push the bounds in, in other areas and, and do some stuff that's a little more stylized. And it makes his style um, innovative, but but very um, very good for the people who, you know, who, who want things the way they've been. You know, he, he kind of bridges those two worlds, I think. Was he on the, uh, uh, the, the most current She-Hulk run with Dan Slott and or Peter David? Um, was... I think... Uh, I think so. I can't remember who he was writing or who the, he was teamed with to write with, but okay. um, I think I think he was on this this. I'm, I'm most not. I don't series. think. He, I don't think he was with Slot. Uh, I think it was Peter David. I could be wrong though. Okay. Um, I did. That's something I didn't check. But um, you know, so we've we've got we've got him and uh, um, we've got uh, Rodney Ramos, who's been who's worked on a ton of stuff over the past 15 years, and we have. Um, Dirk Strangely, who's a horror illustrator, and he's got he and the man's got a million projects in the works all the time, and uh, he's he's starting to develop a real name for himself, and he's he's local to Houston. Um, and then on Sunday um, we have a uh, a doc. Well, we're doing some documentaries that, that we're showing uh, for free at the Alamo Draft House, and uh, one of them is the Alchemy of Art. Which is about David Mack, and David Mack will be answering. will be answering a Q and A session afterwards, and then another one is on Terry Moore, uh, Paradise Found, and he will be at Comic Palooza to do uh, 
a Q&A session after that also. He won't be there the rest of the time, but he'll be there for the Q&A session for any Terry Moore fans. Very cool. So, um, yeah, there's, there's a, a, lot of, a lot of people. And I forget, is, is that's Terry Moore's uh, neck, of the, neck of the woods, right? He grew up in, or he, he lives in Houston, doesn't he? Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and I'm, I'm not exactly sure which part of Houston. Houston's pretty big. I think he's still like 45 minutes or an hour away from here, you know, Oops. but um, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty big place. But uh, yeah, he, um, he lives here in Houston. So, well, probably the most established person who's in Houston right now. So. Okay. Um, so with the show, what are you actually trying to accomplish? Because I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, the future of comics, it's dwindling and, you know, we need to promote, we need to say because it's, it's, it's dwindling down. I mean, what, what are you hoping to, to get out of the show? Well, there's, well, it, it, that's, that seems like a very innocuous question, but mm-hmm. <laughs> there's a, a lot I can say about it. Um. A few a few comments about the the Houston uh, convention market. I mean, one thing you have to understand is that Houston is the it's, the it's the largest city in the country that does not have a major convention. Wow. Um, and, 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 and you know, you know you that Dallas lost Wizard World just like this yes. this year. Yes, and and you know that you have to group Dallas and Fort Worth together before they before they're bigger than Houston. Mm. You know, um, the when people talk about you know the biggest cities in America, they always say New York, L.A., Chicago. They never say New York, L.A., Chicago, and Houston, but they just don't go down to fourth place. Is Houston fourth? Houston. I, was, I couldn't remember yes. if it was fourth or fifth. I thought, uh, no, it's I know Philly, Dallas, Fort Worth, and Houston are all kind of in the running for that. Well, I think nobody yeah. mentions Houston because it's so friggin' humid down there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who wants to talk about that? It, you know, it, it is, but we have, we have special devices um, that we use here that we don't let anybody else have. That's our that's our super special air conditioning. And oh, it okay. For us. Wow. And uh, it makes it very pleasant here. But but uh, you know, what do you got? A dome over bubble. Houston or something? Well, well, we the have domes over our you know over our uh, houses and stuff. I'm pretty sure familiar, that's what it would take. Are you familiar with a little town close to Houston called Hockley? Um, a little bit, yes. I, I had some yeah. relatives that lived there and spent uh, lot, lots of time there in my childhood. Liked it. That's actually not very far from where I am cool. right now. It's uh, it's pretty close. I'm actually out in Katy, which is just another suburb of, of Houston now. But but um, yeah, Houston's a Houston's a big place, and it's it is uh, in many ways a, kind of a, a forgotten city. You know, when people talk about about these big cities, and and it hasn't had. Um, any sort of identity when it comes to conventions, really since the 80s. In the 80s, it had some very nice conventions here, but uh, it's been a long time. And uh, If it's so, any consolation, whenever somebody mentions the name Houston, the city Houston, I always think of General Zod. I don't know if that's good or bad, but... <laughs> Why um, is that? Curious. Superman 2, the planet Houston, remember that whole bit? Oh, that's right. Because Houston wow. had a problem. Mm. Yeah. I think... I think I must have really tried to put that out of my mind and succeeded <laughs> remarkably well. I didn't know I had such control over my over my brain. That's, that is that is an interesting point. In fact, I might have to write that down someplace. <laughs> General Zod. Um, I also had cousins that lived in Houston, and we would see them when we, you know, it was a separate bit of family from. Not they were related, but it wasn't the same people that lived in 
Hockley. But my cousins, anyway, Keith and uh, Matt. And Cousin had, Zod. Yes. Cousin <laughs> Zod Jr. Zod, they, Zod lived down the block. Right. They had. <laughs> Must be a nice neighborhood you live in. The coolest Star Wars toys. And whenever I knew we were driving to Houston, I knew it was a long drive, but I was so excited because that meant I was going to get to play with all the Star Wars toys that my parents wouldn't buy me. You know? There you like go. The trash compactor with the little phone, yes, phone yes. pieces with oh, the trash. Oh, man. That's great. So and the have little, good memories the little, of Houston. Yeah, the little plastic Dianoga, you know, with the, the eyeball, mm-hmm. the snake. Yes. And uh, they had the trash compactor. They had um, all the ships. They had Darth Vader ship. They had wow. a regular TIE fighter. They had Y-Wing. They had an X-Wing. Dude. And they had Jabba's palace. Wow. Yeah. It was. I really liked going down there to see my cousin's toys. Wow. And seeing my cousin's was okay, too, but it seeing their toy. toys, yeah. You know, I, I, I don't know that. if I should tell you this, because where, where is it that you're located right now? We are in a suburb of Dallas, Texas. We're okay, on the well, north side, though. So just, that's, that's just important. so you know, we we at least one guy, maybe a couple of guys, are going to come down to the show, and and they're going to have um, droids, remote controlled droids. Oh no way! Star Wars, yeah, at least one, but maybe you know several of them. And I'm thinking, you know, Houston's a long drive, but you can think of how much fun it'll be. <laughs> well, I I entertained the idea of going because we. The last few years here in Dallas, we had a free comic book day show called Cape. I don't know if you're familiar with it. Oh, yeah. Cape Cape was amazing. Yeah. And they're not doing it this year because of Mm, Mucho Dinero. And uh, Frank and I, you know, were there last year. We had a table there. We met lots of nice folks, um, met lots of nice comic creators, met some not-so-nice folks and not-so-nice comic creators. But it was fun. I can't remember who, who Who, who were the bad ones. I'm, trying, I'm actually trying to remember. We'll we, talk about it after. I'm not going to talk about if, it right now. If you'd stop after like the sixth or seventh drink, you'd remember those things. Yeah. Actually, I don't That's think either point. any of us had any alcoholic beverages when think, we were down there. We, did that we drank the heck out of some Dr. Thunder, though. <laughs> That's wow. true. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, Cape is not happening this year because of money. So I was like, well, you know, maybe we could drive down to Houston. But uh, it turns out I, ha- I have something I have to do this weekend anyway. But um. Hey, I think those droid guys are – we also have a small convention called the Dallas Comic-Con that happens once or twice a year along with a sci-fi convention. And then in in October we have something called the Star Wars Fan Days now, which has really started to be really a cool thing. Um, See, Dallas for a long time has had a fairly active convention uh, scene going. And – Conventions like those um, are, are few and far between in Houston. And, and Houston has some good conventions, but they're typically the anime. Those are pretty large. Actually, Houston's anime conventions are larger than anything but the, the Dallas anime conventions. Um, but, you know, when you get to the sci-fi, and uh, there is a sci-fi convention in Houston that is, is every year, and it's successful. I, I don't know what size, though, so I can't comment on that, but... You know, the comic conventions in Houston have been small for a very long time. Um, and Dallas has been uh, much stronger on that for, for quite a while. Well, the Dallas conventions, the one that have the name Dallas. Um, uh, yes, it's they, Dallas, Dallas Comic Con, yeah. Yeah, they, um, they are fairly small. Um, and, of course, I'm gauging them against Wizard World. 
which, yeah, as we've mentioned, is not happening anymore. But I'm going to guess that our Dallas Wizard World, though, not to get too off topic, was probably smaller, a lot smaller than a Philly Wizard. Oh, World Oh yeah, or definitely. Over Wizard the last World or... couple of years, well, yeah. the, the the Wizard Dallas Wizard World show has definitely shrunk. Okay. I mean, there wasn't even well, any DC or Marvel presence there, right? Yeah the the um the numbers the the, the, the official numbers they released I, I and I, I will will just say that they're accurate, okay? Um, the official numbers that they uh, that I was told uh, for this last year um, for the, the uh, for the Wizard World Arlington was um, twelve thousand, and that oh. was about what it was the year before and the year before that. Um, oh. Other dealers were telling me it was smaller. Well, but you know what they released was that it was twelve thousand people. Uh, Wizard World Chicago um, last year was sixty-seven thousand people. Dang! What is it about the, the area that doesn't draw well those people? I guess I mean well, it's kind of hard to you don't have you know unlike Houston, unlike Chicago, unlike you know kind of New York or L.A. You know it's not one central burg. I mean you you can put the thing in the middle in Arlington which is in between Dallas and Fort Worth, but you've still got people in Fort Worth are 15, 20 miles away. People in Dallas are 15, 20, 30 miles away. And so it's not like everybody can just go to the city center and, you know, everybody can converge. I, I, well, that may not be a real good excuse, but, but I know that let, Dallas let, people are lazy, one of the two. I'll tell you what, I don't know that I'm right, but I do have kind of a theory about it. Let's hear it. And uh, part of it is because I come from Michigan, and, and the way – Cities and, and populations are spread out as different in the Midwest. You know, mm-hmm. if you think about Michigan as like a giant piece of bread, and you were to mm-hmm. cover it with peanut butter, and that was mm-hmm. the people, it'd be smooth, it'd be creamy. <laughs> but if you do it in Texas, if you do it in Texas, it'd be chunky. You know, you've got right. everyone. Everyone is ninety uh, percent of the people who live in Texas live in major metropolitan areas, and uh, now. Houston is the 14th largest comic book market. That's that's not really very good considering it's the fourth largest city. Um, but uh, Dallas is the 20th largest market, and Fort Worth is the 24th. Together, the yeah. two of them make the fourth largest comic book market in the country. And so, for for them putting Wizard World there, it was a natural. But somehow, the techniques that work in other cities fail when they bring it to Texas. And you see that the people who start conventions, who, who do them like everywhere else in the country, they stagnate. They, they, or in Houston, they outright fail. And in Dallas, you know, um, you've got some, some good conventions, but no really large ones. And uh, I think that it, it, it means that, that Texas, because people are so isolated, you know, we're on islands. You know, Houston is, is quite a ways away. I don't think that that these sorts of events can grow the way they do in other parts of the country. You can't you you can't expect to get the same same kind of incremental yearly growth that you get in Texas that you do in some place where every year your your draw radius can increase by twenty or thirty miles and you're going to get the same number of people. You know, um, I think that uh, in Texas you have to you have to work harder and in a different way. And um, that is kind of what I'm what I'm testing with Comet Palooza. Um, Comet Palooza. To, to get back to the uh, the question you asked a while ago, what am I expecting to get out of it? That's kind of tied up with how I'm how I'm doing it and and what I intend for it to accomplish. You know, most people they're they're organizing a convention. They expect first year they'll lose a little 
they'll break even, then they'll start making money. Comic Palooza, you know, it'd be great if I made some money, but I mean, it's free, free convention, and I'm flying people in. And there's a few people that do that, but that is not your normal business model, <laughs> you know, yeah. for making lots of money. But the uh, the idea is that uh, for me, the idea is that Comic Palooza is is designed for uh, to do what it was meant to do last year, and that is give give our um, our comic creators a sense of community, allow them to network, let them meet the media. We've already succeeded. I've, I've managed to snag articles for Dirk Strangely, um, one uh, in, in the local Pasadena paper, Mark Morash. I got an article about him in, uh, in, in the Woodland, one of the Woodlands papers. Um, Scott Chitwood, uh, who's in Cyprus, um, they're doing an article about him that's coming out Friday, the day before Comic Palooza. You know, so uh, I work. Oh, and uh, uh, Bob Lutke up there from—he's—he's he's up there in Dallas. Um, I've got an article about him in the Chronicle and the Religion section. So when I get a guest, I find something about them that, if possible, I find something about them that I can promote to the community, and it gives—it gives them. Um, it, it gives them the cheapest publicity agent they could ever have. You know, because I'm working on their behalf. It gives them the chance to meet the media, to promote themselves, and it gives the general populace a chance to come in. And I say the reason I say general populace. Let me go back to something I mentioned. Houston's the 14th largest comic book market, but it's the fourth largest city. There's a huge discrepancy. You know, why isn't it the fourth largest market if it's the fourth largest city? It doesn't make a lot of sense. Um, I think that Houstonians they're they're filling the theaters when there's a comic book movie. They like comic characters. But they don't, don't and buy as much. They don't get as excited. They are not as exposed to comic books as, as people are in other cities. And Comic Palooza is free. It's designed to create a degree of excitement to get them to come out, expose them to comic books, and give them a chance to fall in love with the hobby. So really it's kind of a, you know, this is kind of a thing that I'm doing it's kind of a, a gift to that whole, to the whole industry and to the community. I'm trying to create a community event. So, 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 so you're just just promoting the um, the concept of of comic books and, and what they are and in in a way, in a way. And and you know, if if I do make money on it, that is great. But you know, I think that setting out to um, to do things the way everyone else has done them won't work any better than it did for everybody else now do you think it has anything to do with the the way that these uh these darn southern cities are laid out where there's little or usually no mass transit whatsoever i mean if you're in philly or la or san francisco or something like that i mean you can hop on the dart or the bart or the yard or whatever and you can you know you can ride that subway you know or you know your nearest you know you know the nearest shop is you know a walk from you know your flat but uh you know here in dallas um you know, if you want to go anywhere, you got to get in your car and drive. And so you're automatically, you know, unless you're, you know, unless you can talk mom or dad into taking you, you know, if you're not of driving age, you know, you're just, you're flat out on, uh, you know, going to a comic book shop or, you know, a convention or something like it, that. It could be something like that. I think a lot of it is, is just basic geography. You know, Texas is spread out. I mean, you can take three Michigans and drop them into Texas. Yeah. Texas is larger than the country of France. 
You know, that's the largest country in Europe except for Russia. And we're darn proud you know, of it, by the way. Big place. Exactly, exactly. Well, according but to SCTV, though, uh, the great state of uh, Texas would be nothing but a small speck in the giant universe of Mother Russia. <laughs> well, um, yeah, and, you know, even Alaska, you know, makes Texas look small, but, but the fact is that... Um, we won't worry about Alaska. Yeah, they're a bunch um, of nuts up there. Texas, Texas is, is big, and it means everything is far apart. And it, so you you have to motivate people more. I mean, if you if you think about Wizard World, I mean, you know, how was it promoted? It was promoted very heavily in Wizard Magazine. And, you know, I sell a decent number of Wizard Magazines, but um, in, in my store, maybe 10% of my – I mean, I sell – a number of wizards roughly equal to 10% of my subscriber base. You know, um, I don't think that that, that alone is, is a really good way to um, reach the community. And I, and I you know, I, I could be wrong on about that, but if you're going to undertake a project like this, you have to have a few ideas on how you can improve things. And, and um, I, I wish I had the kind of, uh, the, the kind of, um, media organ that they have with, with Wizard, but it, it seems to me I can do a lot with the community and a lot with the community um, media that has not really been tried uh, by other organizers. And, and I think there's a lot of people out there who are going to like this sort of event and have never had a chance to go to a convention, especially in Houston. Dallas, a lot more people have had the chance, but here you know, people are kind of hungry for it. They, they don't know much about them. They've never seen them. And uh, I think it'll be more exciting for for people in this area. Um, so that that's that's a few things. You know, it's it's uh, I, I describe it as a festival. You know, and and everybody likes festivals. Yeah, it's kind of so. too bad that uh, you that we kind of count on uh, the the Wizard Magazine um, staff or whatever to uh, get these conventions together for us. I mean, I realize that there's you know there's there's not a whole lot of you know, there's not a great saturation of uh, magazines about uh, comic books and, and society. Uh, I mean, personally, I subscribe to Wizard just because I don't want to miss it. You know, I like it showing up in my house once a month. Um, and for me, sure. it's just kind of a, it's kind of the, I don't know. It's, it's kind a of, heck of a lot cheaper than buying it month by month. Yeah, no doubt. Too. Yeah, yeah. It, it's a lot cheaper. But uh, for me, you know, it's not real deep. It's kind of the details of comic book magazines or something. You know, it's it's just... Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the the entertainment tonight. It's just kind of you know, boom. Here's okay. a hit, and here's a hit, and here's one page, here's a half page, here's one column, and you know, so you get a taste of what's coming up. Um, but you know, they don't really go in depth or anything. It, you know, it'd be nice if um, you know, you could find a way to not have to uh, uh, count on uh, Wizard's uh, attention span. Or, well, you, you uh, can't you know, go with Comic Buyer's account. Guide. You know, Comic Buyer's Guide has uh, has some pretty good. And that stuff. is a that is a really cool magazine. Um, I wonder why. Uh, Comic Buyer's Guide uh, doesn't uh, try their hand at uh, conventions. We should convince them. Um, well, it's smaller, okay. and it has, I mean, I can only guess. I mean, they're, they're, they're not a company based around Comic Buyer's Guide. Comic Buyer's Guide is one of the collectibles magazines that they publish. Okay. So I think they have a different focus, maybe. Yeah. But, um, but you know, they produce a lot of very good information. They've got a lot of very talented people on their staff, too. And you know, I think I think Wizard does, um, but but you're right. A lot of their stuff is is short, and um, it, it's very it's very quick. It's uh, it's a lot of soundbite type stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And and you know that that has a certain usefulness, but um, you know, CBG is is often much more in depth. 
Indeed. Now, CBG handles like they'll handle like, you know, kind of they have a lot of stuff in the book, but they'll handle like kind of one main topic uh, per issue, don't they? Um, or am I thinking of well, something else? No, they'll, they'll do a bunch of different stuff, and it, it seems like their writers have quite a bit of latitude in what they want to, to cover. You know, but they, they kind of go with what, uh, it seems they, they go a lot with what their writers want to say, but they, they have some very knowledgeable staff. Um, Chuck Rosansky, you know, has been writing a column for them for uh, years, you know, and he's one of the top men in comic book retail, but... but uh, Anyway, yeah, there's there's not a lot of other magazines out there, and it's it's very hard um, to make them work because it is, it's very niche market. You're only going to get a percentage of the people who read comics, and and comics are already a niche market thing. However, if you if you take a look at um, online, the number of blogs and and you know online places that cover comics, I think there is some really amazing reporting going on. On comic books these days, um, but it, you just don't usually find it in a magazine, you know. Um, but you can get some really great stuff out of out of Ain't It Cool or Fresh Ink or a bunch of places like that. Hey, John, have you ever or heard? or here or here or half yes, hour wasted? Obviously, <laughs> obviously, you haven't listened to our show before, but <laughs> because we don't do anything of substance. Good point. <laughs> now, um, we well, entertain. Have you heard of a magazine published by Tomorrow's? Uh, is it Tomorrow's Publishing? Is that I believe so, yeah. Uh, called Back Issue Magazine? Yes. yes. It's not current uh, news. Right. But it's one of the best comic book magazines ever. Yeah, I think you stole my thunder. I think that's what I was thinking of uh, three minutes ago. So my apologies to the listening public. Well, we, we forgive you. Thank <laughs> you. It's, uh, anybody who wants to know what it was like back in the day. Mm-hmm. Read back issue magazine. It's fantastic. Well, now and that's the one that'll do like the green. That'll be the like the Green Lantern issue. Yeah, the green issue. Yeah, yeah. They, yeah. they did. Uh, uh, they'll kind of take it. They'll give you like a, a robot issue recently. Um, and it, it's not so much about. It is about the history, but I, I mean, a lot of those. They talk to a lot of veterans, and they talk about how it was and how it's different today too. Yeah, yeah. And and it's it's. I think it's still somewhat contemporary, even though they do kind of look look back a little bit look backwards hey do you think wizard world would appear in dallas would do better if they moved it to dallas proper oh i i don't know um yeah i i i don't i don't really know about that i I don't really know about their finances um and i'm sure a lot of that had to do with their finances but you know i i think the main thing for them is you know would they be able to to get more people. I don't know how many people they would have needed to draw in order to make the decision to stay. I mean, instead of drawing 12,000 people, if they drew 12,000 this year or last year and then, or in, in, in 2007, if they had drawn 20,000 in 2008, would that have been enough of an increase? I don't know. Mm-hmm. It, it depends a lot on their goals. Um, and there's, I, I just don't know enough about them uh, you know their their goals and 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 the finances and everything to be able to comment on that, um, or about Dallas. Yeah, okay. I know a lot more about Houston than than Dallas. Well, but uh, talking still about finances and, and getting the word out and stuff. Going back to your shop, what are some of the the trends you are seeing there that people are interested in? Like, what are the more popular comic books and and have sales been steady since our whole? Uh, 
economic situation. And along that same line of questioning, mm-hmm. what was the issue, the free issue for Comic Book Day that you ordered the most of? Oh, good question. Well, I've heard that uh, that that comics, um, the comics industry, the comics resellers have been hit less hard than many other people. So I'll be interested to hear what uh, your answer is. Well, there, there's a term. There, there's a term that uh, you use in times like this. It's uh, lipstick and nylons. Oh dear. And uh, during during I'm the interested. Great Depression, yeah, great, during the Great Depression, um, when everything was down, sales of lipstick and nylons were up. And the reason for that was that they were cheap entertainment. You know, women could feel beautiful with a stick of lipstick and with you know some nylons, and. Uh, that doesn't work for me. Well, um... <laughs> the microphone has to be to your mouth. Well, I actually... That's, this is purely a visual joke, but I was holding a bottle with a beverage in front of my mouth, and I started to speak into it like it was my microphone. And that's why, that's why Bill just started dying laughing. Anyway, the moment has passed. I'm not even going to try to make the joke anymore. Oh. Okay. Well, the, the, the point, though, is that um, in, in hard economic times, people don't stop um, looking for ways to entertain themselves. They they just change. You know, they instead of buying new books, they buy used books. Used bookstores do very well. Dollar theaters do very well. Um, comic books, although you know, we're always complaining when there's a price hike. A four dollar comic book is way cheaper than a six hundred dollar video game system. And uh, so people are are probably going to continue buying comic books maybe they'll cut back maybe a lot of them will cut back but um there are going to be a number of people who make that decision hmm i don't have three or four hundred dollars to do this i'll go buy twenty dollars worth of comic books and uh, that's one side of that coin the other side is that when at any time when stocks are doing very poorly and and people don't know where to put their money Collectibles do very well. Um, at the very beginning of the uh, the, the, the crash, uh, at the end of the last year, um, Heritage Auction Gallery sent out uh, a letter talking about their historical sales records during um, during times of economic crisis. And I, I couldn't, you know, quote you the numbers right now. It's been a while since I read it, but you know, they go up. So the, the comic industry is buoyed on on one hand by you know relatively low prices compared to other forms of entertainment, um, and on the other by the value of collectibles. And uh, so, a comic book store. You know, I, I think a comic book store is not going to have the same troubles as as a lot of other types of places. Well, what about um, going going to but, what about titles? What are the titles that are that are selling the best that you constantly you can count on? Well, um, see, that's that's the kind of thing that you know I, I hate to I hate to you know give these caveats, but you know that's the sort of thing that can vary from from store to store so much. It's only useful when you talk to lots and lots of stores at one time. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, we're all going to sell a lot of you know Dark Avengers, for example. Huh. Um, so the neighborhood you're in means somebody in neighborhood A is going to sell a bunch of Wonder Womans and somebody in neighborhood B is not. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, actually that's okay. true. I mean, you know, my, my store is out on the on the west side of Houston, and uh, that means we have um, some 
pretty good suburbs, okay? Uh, you know, Katy, Sugarland, uh, Richmond, Rosenberg, a lot of outlying towns will okay. come to me because I'm, I'm the farthest west of the larger comic book stores. And, um, you know, so that's suburbs. And suburbs, you know, that means a lot of, um, you know, Superman, Batman, Spider-Man, Avengers, X-Men, you know, very traditional comic books. If I were inside the loop, you know, where, where you have a different scene, that would, be, that would mean a lot more indie books. You know, a mm. lot more of Terry Moore's Stranger or Terry Moore's Echo. I, mean, I do sell a lot of that, but wow. you know, a lot more of that, a lot more of, uh, of Dark Horse titles, a lot more of um, image titles, and and you know things like that, because you have you have a more artsy indie crowd. So you know, there's there's that, but then there's also the the, the biggest, most important factor to the the difference you get in in sales is uh, what the people at the store read. I mean. You know, I'd be surprised if if other stores in the city sold anywhere near as much Luna Brothers product as we do. You know, I mean, the Luna Brothers would just love us because <laughs> we sell the Sword and Ultra and Girls. We sell tons and tons and tons of their graphic novels because we love them. And uh, we talk to people, and they like them too. There's a lot of there's always a lot of good comic books on those racks that people will want to read. And when someone comes in and they're looking for, you know, some Captain America title, and you take the time to tell them about, hey, you know, this other thing is really good too, and you sell them that book, you're going to sell a lot of that book. Okay. And it, then, it, then it comes down to what, what do the people at that store sell. And, I mean, Luna Brothers, we sell more Luna Brothers you know, uh, the sword. We sell more copies of the sword than any other um, than any other image book except uh, except Buffy. You know, and uh-huh. that's by Joss Whedon. And uh, I mean, it the sword doubles Walking Dead, and we sell a lot of that too. Wow! You know, and, it sells and, and more than so, the Walking Dead. You said? Yes. Well, Walking. Uh, and to be fair, Walking Dead sells. It sells. It has a lot of customers only in trade. You know, a lot of people just wait for the trades to come out. So Man. that's maybe the most fair comparison. But, but I don't think that the Luna Brothers sell like that. I don't think they they're the superstars of image the way Robert Kirkman is. But, you know, for us, they easily sell as much as as Kirkman does. And uh, so you you get a lot of individual things like that. In my store, we recommend a lot of books to people. We recommend a lot of indie books. We read a lot of really good indie stuff on top of it. And so we sell a lot of that stuff that you wouldn't normally expect in this part of town. And we sell a lot of Marvel and DC and all of that too. But um, we, because we, we read a lot, we recommend, we'll, we'll sell you know tons of those sorts of things. And uh, uh, the, I think our biggest seller right now, single title, is probably Lock and Key. Uh, aside from watch, uh, aside from Watchmen, of course, Watchmen's biggest seller everywhere. Still, world. Um, we're going to be selling a lot of that for a while. It'll, it'll slow down a little bit now that the movies come out, but you know, you could be sitting on trunkfuls of that stuff, and it'll it'll all sell. Cool. Um, wow. But but so you know, Lock and Key. Um, we sell tons of that. That's that's a hardback. That's a little harder sell than other things, but. Mm. People buy a lot of Lock and Key, and we've started selling lots of The Goon, which is a you know, fantastic series by Jeff Powell. Um, I think Lock and Key, that, that's by Joe Hill, 
uh, I think that's going to be a really, uh, I think that it's going to make him into a really big, really big comic writer uh, within a couple of years. I think the, the success on that, I'd be surprised if he didn't get invited to do some really high-profile comics by, by some of the major companies. What about manga? How's manga doing? Uh, it does okay. I, I have to confess to being really completely oblivious and, and not knowing anything about it. You're not the only um, one. I, Good for you. Yeah, I, I leave that. I leave that to what I do for manga is my customers come and say, "Do you have this?" And I look on the rack and I don't have it. Then I order it, and okay. so I, I respond to the uh, the needs of the people who. who Nerd alert! <laughs> Sorry, I'm not a fan. What? I'm not a fan of okay. manga. Um, <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of a traditionalist too. You know, um, I like regular American comics. Um, but you know they're they're pretty popular and and there's a, a pretty big group of people who like them um, and and so for me the best way to handle that is just to listen to to the customers yeah I w- follow it that works I might you know out loud criticize it or make fun of it or whatever but you know but I re- inside you're making fun of it too yeah <laughs> um, but I have bought <laughs> some manga I tried to get into it you know so I I gave it a chance. And I don't obviously don't hold it, anything against anybody who likes manga. I mean, I like stuff that people don't like, so you know, it's all no. in good fun that I make fun of what, it. What What do you like that people don't like? Fight Club. No, <laughs> Bill. I'm sorry. Um, That's what everybody likes that he doesn't like. My bad. I what? see. No, but it's, I thought everybody liked Fight Club. Thank you. No, Fight Club is the dumbest movie. Of, don't get me started <laughs> on this. Okay, uh, it's not fair to our guest. Oh, I pull Brad off sides. Mm-hmm. Off topic. My mission is complete. You want to go completely off topic? Can wait we minute, go? Com- wait a minute. Yes, sir. Haven't we been off topic a bunch of times already? Oh, well, we're good at that. Well, Again. normally we're further off topic. This has actually been kind of focused uh, for for us three. So Frank, you know, Frank didn't warn you when he when he. Set up this interview, did you? No, he clearly failed in his no, mission I, I to think, warn I you. Think there was, I think there was some short discussion of that, or he started to, but then he kind of went off topic. <laughs> he probably <distracted laughs> something. There's a zinger. <laughs> hey, Zing! Um, Whoa, hey. Yeah. In, in, in case Frank didn't say this to you, let uh-huh. pretend I'm saying this to you at the beginning of our discussion. Hey, if we go off topic or if we just start talking about something, it's not personal. We all have ADD here. And I understand. Okay, great. You, you just need you just need the right drugs, and you'll be fine. <laughs> That's a good point. Hey, the professor brought All food. Right, thank Woo. you, professor. The professor. That's fantastic. Is, uh, Bill's wife. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Yes, sir. Did the professor bring me any food? No. <laughs> well, uh, no, sir. We'll telegraph I, it I to you. How this is? I see how this is. Yeah. Well, these quesadillas have cheese in them. No. Well, these are delicious. Now that you have a real, a full time job, you uh-huh. can start putting cheese in your quesadillas. I can start I buying name brand food. I just got, I just got a full time job. Isn't, so. isn't a quesadilla without cheese just a dia? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I've been eating the last nine. I months. I think you're right. Man, let me tell you what he's been holding over our heads all afternoon. So, hey, John, okay. what's what what issue for Free Comic Book Day did you um, order the most of? Oh, this this should this should not surprise you. Have you read through all the the the, uh, the previews and the listings of the yeah, free comics? I, I, yes, I, I no. Can I can I guess? I have not. You can guess, but you only get one guess because you should get this. Okay, we we should all take a guess. All right, Brad, do you I guess first? Blackest Night? Oh, that's a way of getting three guesses. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess. Go Black, ahead. Go. Blackest Night. 
Uh, I'm saying uh, the Bongo Free comic. Is there some <laughs> novelization of Dune I'm not aware of? <laughs> <laughs> it's Blackest Night, isn't it? No, no, I'm afraid Really? Not. What is it? Disappointing. Oh, wait, there's one more guess, isn't there? Uh, fr- uh, Bill guessed Dune. I always do. I always oh, okay. do that. Okay. No, my Bill's guess world is, world actually, world. Um, uh, we is went this? to, I went to a uh, comic book shop um, uh, a few days ago, and uh, they gave me what may have been a free comic book day comic. It was uh, Spider-Man, Iron Man, and the Hulk um, all together in Adventure. And I haven't oh. read it myself yet. That might have been last year. That might have been. I, I don't yeah, that's remember. Cool. It could have yeah. been that, too. No, um, there is a Wolverine comic book. And oh. the Wolverine movie is coming out. So um, I, I ordered quite a few of the Blackest... Um, uh, what is it? Blackest Day? Blackest Night? No. Blackest Night. No, is this, is this just a... a Green Lantern? Is this but, a lot? But the Wolverine one was my guess because people... I'm expecting people to be psyched about Wolverine. That makes a lot of sense. So we ordered, we ordered um, more Wolverines. Now, is this uh, and, a, and you is, all have to remember that Wolverine is he's he's one of the foremost popular comic characters. Absolutely. Ever Since when? Okay, that was, that was a joke. Um, um, is that a loss leader for you? I mean, do you have to actually pay for these? You do. You have to. Yeah, yes, dealers. Wow. Dealers have to purchase the. And uh, you know, and they make them. They make them cheap. You know, I mean, okay. a lot of them you can get for about a quarter a piece. But by the time oh, you've ordered five hundred of them. Yeah, oh, you order five hundred or a thousand, and and you actually are putting in some real money. The concept, I think, behind okay. the whole deal is, hey, you got to buy these from us, but people are going to come to your store and to pick up their free comics. More than likely, you're going to make more money this weekend than you would have anyway. Yeah, I, yeah. I think it's kind of like uh, going to a convention and them giving away pencils or keychains. You got to buy those to give them away. Yeah, that's right. Last last year, um, free comic book day was our highest grossing day since i've been in business wow. that's awesome that's really cool. now at that that time you know the, the, that is sort of a cheating number because we also had a pre-release for magic <laughs> coincidentally the same day and uh we also had a signing with amber benson from from buffy who has written comic books well, what character did she play she played tara yeah, oh really on, okay but, yeah, yeah she has a and, comic book really yeah it's called shadow play i did not oh. know that in fact, I have I have some autographed copies at my store if you want to oh. get one. So, oh. but um, yeah, she, I just she I recently got into Buffy probably about three mo- three months ago or about two months ago. I finished the entire series and was blown away, and I'm so mad that I waited so long to get into it. <laughs> so well, now I, I'm just uh, it's just a process of me picking up the the trades now for season eight. Yes, yes, um, those have been very very good sellers since. Since it started coming out. Well, Frank, just think long. of all the people you've made jealous that you are experiencing Buffy for the first time. Yeah. You know, every time I hear somebody started to watch Lost again, mm-hmm. they said, yeah, I didn't watch it the first three seasons, so I've watched the DVDs. I'm like, dang, I envy you because... Yeah. It's you an know? experience of, sure. of... It's a discovery on your part, and it's yeah. just, wow. Well, that's the frustration of when the heck's the next new episode coming out? Yeah. I have no idea. <laughs> yes. Kind of see that there's oh. there's good and bad to both. Okay. Um, I've I just I've got one question I've been dying to ask you the whole time. It's just it's a it's another money thing. Um, sure. Seeing uh, you know you go to a convention, you know, hey, it's forty bucks for the weekend, it's ten bucks to get out the door, it's it's whatever it is. Uh, maybe you sell concessions or something. I don't know, but how do you you know again? Is this is this supposed to be a, a, a is Comic Palooza supposed to be a loss leader for you? I mean how. How are you not losing your shirt 
on Comic Palooza? I mean, are you making money, well, or is this is this a question uh, that's indelicate for me to ask? No, no, it's okay. I mean, you know, the the idea is that um, uh, Comic Palooza. I, I do have Artist Alley tables, and I do have dealers tables, and okay. I sell those like like anyone else. But um, the economics are different from other conventions, and and it is. Um, it, it does have, uh, it can make some money, but, you know, it is not like other conventions where the more people come, the more money you make. Okay. And that is, that is how it's different. I mean, I have set, uh, set budgets for things and they do not vary because no matter how many people come, I will not get more money in, in the door for them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I, I hope that it will, uh, not go red that it will at least break even but it's not something that i'm going to get rich on although i could make some money on it uh probably next year you know but you're doing it for the love of the of the hobby yeah you know i I mean i could i could say that but i think the response that i really lean toward the most is it is just the coolest thing i can think of doing (laughs) that's true that's true no nice it's 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 uh kind of exciting and, and scary, and yet it's a great deal of fun. And because nothing like this has happened in Houston in a very long time, I get to do something that no one else has done. And there's not a lot of opportunities for the average person to do that. You know? And uh, so it's, it's great. And I've had, people, I've had people thank me for helping the comic industry here, thank me for putting on a comic show that they want to go to. You know, and that's uh, that's tremendous goodwill. I mean, will will I benefit from the goodwill? Yeah, yeah, I probably will. You know, but it's um, it is going to be a very fun event. Um, so, and this is this is something that I do need to point out uh, in, in perfect fairness. You know, it's it's not the only free comic festival in Texas. Um, there there have been a couple others. You, one that you mentioned was Cape and Cape. You know, was was simply amazing, and they they see. I think they did. I think they had four or five years, and then they they're skipping this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know that is getting back to the economics. You, I think the Cape was a lost leader, and uh, I mean you'd actually have to interview um, uh, Rick over at Zeus to to find out exactly if, if he wants to say, but. Um, you know, I, I think it was a lost leader, and there's only so long you can do that. Well, I, it, it I, had to have been a lost leader because Brad and I didn't pay for that table last year. He was well, giving them away. Don't pay for tables. You know, I'm, I'm not charging Umberto Ramos to come in. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. but I mean, some people are going to get free tables. But I get the impression that just about, but I do get the impression that just about everybody got free tables there, mm-hmm. and that's a tremendous expense. And, and he really spent a lot of money on that. And I, I recognize that that sort of thing is, is very difficult. Uh, what the, the rumors I hear, which keep in mind they're just rumors, uh, the rumors I hear is that Cape is, they're redoing Cape, and then when it's retooled, it'll come back and it'll be more, a little more like a traditional convention. Um, doing a convention as a lost leader, it's kind of cool, but you, you can't do that forever. You know, you have to have some way where it can sustain itself. Right. Yeah. And um, so, it wouldn't surprise me if Cape comes back as a little more traditional convention. You I'm know? all and for that's, it. That's fine. Yeah. Definitely. And uh, Comet Palooza, I, I set that up from the beginning, 
so that there is a way for me to generate income on it so that I can I can um, keep doing it. But um, it's not uh, it's not the kind of event that uh, that I would ever I wouldn't ever give up my job to do Comic Palooza because it's you know it, it's not going to be um, I, I don't I don't foresee it becoming that profitable you know but it it should be able to sustain itself and uh, that is a very good thing. Um, there's another one uh, in Lubbock which is actually the same weekend hmm. um, and that is put on by the Lubbock Sketch Club. And uh, what's surprising is uh, talking to Will out at the Lubbock Sketch Club, finding out that, I mean, we, we have very different ways because he's an artist, so he started the Sketch Club, whereas I'm a retailer, and I'm trying to support the, the local people a little bit differently. But um, both of us are doing what we're doing uh, in order to support the, the local comic communities. And we've both created free comic conventions. And... Uh, um, I don't know too much about his. I know that um, he's expecting quite a bit of growth. Uh, he's not bringing in guests. Like, I'm flying Umberto in from Mexico City and flying David Mack in, and, and um, there's, there's some things like that. But, um, but I expect both of them to be very good, and, and I think that... Now I'm going off on, on a kind of a rambling tirade, but, <laughs> you know, um, these, these events... Um, We'll, we'll just see how they pan out. I think they'll I think they'll do well, but they kind of show maybe a, maybe a shift in in um, the way we're doing conventions in Texas. You know, um, making more accessible and uh, uh, what's the term? Well, making more more accessible and uh, conventions that are are designed to to reach a broader a broader audience, people who aren't normally comic. I'm all for that. The um, the <clears throat> Wizard World was cool, you know, but this year they combined it with another type of like horror type right. event, like mm. fear something or yeah, something. Yeah, fear and, fest or something. Yeah, and uh, the more things like the more things like Comic Palooza and Cape and Dallas Comic Con and the Sci Fi Con and and Star Wars Fan Days, the more things like that we can have in Texas, anywhere in Texas, I think it's going to be a better situation yeah you know i'd I'd rather not rely on a a monopoly you know wizard being the only outlet for that kind of thing right and uh uh, what's that mcwizard yeah mcwizard yeah exactly (laughs) and all of us here um we thank you for it's it's got to be a huge undertaking it's got to be stressful and but we know you're doing it because you love comics, and uh, you know you just like the you know like you said you want to support the 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 um, community. Aw, shucks. <laughs> well, with that we should actually we should actually kind of kind of go for right now. But we wanted to thank you so much, John, for being on the show. Uh, guys, be sure to check out comicpalooza dot com. The show is uh, Saturday, May second. From 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. on Sunday, and from noon to on six Saturday. on Saturday. Oh, Saturday. I'm sorry. And um, on May 3rd, from noon to 6 p.m. And it's going to be at the yeah. West Oaks Mall. That's right. And everybody gets free tickets. So it's free. So. Free comic books. Uh, a free right. a free con. A free show. Uh, sponsored by John at Midnight Comics and Game. What what's your website for Midnight Comics? 
MidnightComics.com. There you go. Okay. And there is a link to Midnight Comics on the Comic Palooza uh, homepage, by the way. So, yeah. so if you're by Houston, and, uh, no excuse, go. It's a good, it's a good day trip. You know, it's a, it's a great way right. to spend a day. It was a like five hour drive from here. And remember, yeah. Here, yeah. The, the droids, the droids. Just think about the droids on the on the drive. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, and uh, say hi to our buddy Russell for us. I will do that. I will do that. Oh, and uh, thank you guys very much for having me on the show. Oh, sure. Oh, and thank and, you. And, and actually, John, maybe in a couple months we can have you on. We can talk about lessons learned. You know, uh, what hey, worked with this and what you know. Uh, what you know, in a couple of months, in a couple of months, I'll be telling you about next year's show. <laughs> okay. Hey, if you actually come too. back on the show, it'd be the biggest compliment we could get because I'm always worried that we upset people that we <laughs> interview. You know, because we you know, probably you know, do. My my, we, my wife says that I never stop talking, so I wouldn't be too complimented if I. Oh, were you'd fit. We need I'd to like add to you see to the you cast, and Bill McGonnell in a room together. <laughs> 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 I've been quite. Uh, I've been quite reticent today. <laughs> Well, okay, John, thank you so much. Just to let you know, this show will be up tomorrow at a half hour com. Okay. Thank you very much. All right, brother. Take care. Thank uh, you. Bye, John. Bye bye. All right, that was a great guy. Looks like it's going to be a great show, too. I'm jealous of those guys in Houston that they get this and we don't. You know, and and actually, John John did invite us to go down there you know, and interview some people, but uh, if it just wasn't obligations. A five hour drive. Yeah, you know, you know, and you have obligations. I do. And at that point, I had unemployment obligations, and uh, yeah. Bill has family obligations. Well, and that's but. maybe that's one of those things too, because uh, I mean, if you live in New York, you know uh, how how far is it to go to Philadelphia? Right. What an hour and a half in decent traffic, yeah. something like that. And I don't I don't know. I've never driven. I've done the never done the drive. He made so. a good point about Texas. It's like. It's a huge place. It's like a whole other country. It's like a bunch of islands of civilization, you know. And, and, and in between, it's nothingness. That's it's not that it's not that it wasn't true, but yeah, that was a real good point because I mean I've driven through like you know Georgia and South Carolina and stuff, and it just you get the really the odd sensation that there's life everywhere here in like South Carolina. Right. You know, you're driving between towns, you know, and you know here's a bunch of trailer homes and here's a bunch of houses and here's some you know they're just you, there's never the absence of life like you know driving from dallas up to oklahoma city or something you know you leave dallas and then you hit you know you hit this little town then you hit this little town and in between there's 10 miles nothing right and then there's 20 miles nothing and then there's 30 miles nothing so yeah i mean that, that makes uh, quite a bit of sense what he said there having said that though when you drive from the west part of fort worth mm-hmm Actually, oh, when you yeah. drive from the southwest part of Fort Worth to the northeast part of Dallas, you're never not in traffic. Yeah. Or, yeah, and it'll take you. Or Seven Eleven. It'll take you a good hour. Yeah, you're looking at a you're looking at a minimum of an hour to an hour and a half drive to get from one edge of Dallas Fort Worth to the other. Cool. Well, I'm again. I'm jealous that you know. I'm going to go to the comic book store this weekend. Cool. Pick up a few things, but you know, nice. again, it's not going to it's not going to be like Kate. You know. Yeah, and Cape was, you know, Cape was definitely just a lot of fun, and you could tell there there was fans there. I was excited about getting another table. Me too. Well, next year we'll have to get a table, and Bill's going to have to be there with us. So so he was basically saying that Bill will be our our booth babe. Yeah, there you go. The Cape, (laughs) I'll have to start doing some sit ups. So Cape may be back next year. Was kind of the point of what he was saying. Is we can presume? Am I taking that the right way, or am I being wishful? No, I think it's going to be back. They're just taking a break. All right. What we need actually need to do is we need to. Pause our record. Okay. okay. We need to talk about something, okay. nail down a time, okay. and oh, then start right. our record again. Now I'm getting nervous. Okay. And end and, and the show. Okay. All right. So go ahead and, ahead and pause it. Okay. 
You put your right hand in, you put your right hand out, you put your whole self in, and you turn yourself about. You do the hokey pokey, you give a little shout. That's what it's all about. And we figured out what we needed to figure out. You want me to read it? Well, this... We had to write this down. Well, I I didn't want to get it right. The last time we tried doing this... I'm... The, the last Captain time we tried Kirk. to do this, we could not get the times right. We kept talking. Me and Brad kept going, no, it's this. No, it's that. No, it's we this. were trying to be funny, and it yeah. kept confusing me. Yeah, probably not a good idea to confuse that issue. <laughs> okay, so in a couple of about. weeks, weekends on from now. On May 10th. Hang on. Let me, let me oh, call yes. up the sound effects. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, my. Your eyebrow went up. Sounds like the remix. Space. The final frontier. Space. Did you get this off Saturday Night Live episode? No, this is the original. These are the voyages of the Starship Voyages. Enterprise. Sounds like you got a, a... This is Ben Kenobi. You've got, a, you've got like a, some kind of big room uh, no, reverb on it or something. He sounds a little Ben Kenobi-ish. Sounds like he's on Helium, doesn't he? Boldly go the boldly go. go. Are you running this at 120% speed? No, this is playing right off of television's greatest hits. Wow. I, um, all that explains it. Um, but uh, let's see. On Sunday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central Time, we're going to have our live call-in show for the new Star Trek movie. Which well, comes out that The, the weekend night. before. Yeah, that Friday night. Mm-hmm. May 8th. Now, so, is that daylight savings time? or Okay, and for a question. Uh, so we're just saying Central Time. 6 p.m. Central Time. 6 p.m. Time. Central Time, May the... It tenth. Tenth doesn't okay, so matter. Your assignment is to go to the Star Trek movie mm-hmm. Friday or Saturday yes. or Sunday, Sunday before 6 p.m. Central Time. So you could, yeah, you go to see the Sunday uh, matinee. Yeah. That'd be awesome. And um, and this will be a spoiler show. We're going to talk about everything about that movie. Uh, hopefully, we're going to love it. But if we hate it, we're gonna we're gonna really let it have it. Yeah. Right, Brad. Um, sure. <clears throat> You know, I'm a little optimistic. I'm very optimistic. Um, I'm feeling a little better about some of the things I've read. Some of my fellow fans have. <laughs> Brad's fans. You said my fellow fans. I meant Star Trek fans. <laughs> I don't have any fans. The Brad Milo. I'm sure you do. I got you got tons. I have one fan, and that's all I need. Okay. Um, mm. I'm, a, I'm feeling a little better about the Star Trek movie, you know. Oh, oh, I don't know if I ever spoke about this on the air. What's that? Did I leave it here? That trade paperback that I gave you last weekend? The the Star Trek prequel? Yes. Where is it? It's, it's in there? It's in the no office. No worries. Do you remember okay. what it was called? Was it Star Trek <laughs> Countdown? Countdown, yeah. It was a prequel, four-issue uh, series. Oh, I remember seeing that, yeah. Um, prequel to the, IDW. New, to the new movie, yes. Well, you should have picked it, it up, And it was very man. good. Mm-hmm. I liked it a lot. It leads right into the beginning of the movie. Cool. Well, it's cool. The uh, The story is written by uh, Roberto Orsi and the other cat. Uh, I don't think it's J.J. No, um, it's... Uh, Robert Kurtzman. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the all stuff her head. It's pretty good, huh? Yeah. The dude behind... Um, yeah. Well, the, the dude the behind dude, the movie. Right. Right. So, it's really cool. Um, if you, And it's apparently the trade has sold out. IDW wow, has really? sold it out. Yeah. Um, I was fortunate enough to pick up the last copy that... Uh, 
Titan Comics had on the <laughs> shelf. So anyway, the point is, if you can, wow, uh, read the floppies that story. are still out there too. Yeah, some of them are still out. There. I, I was at a comic book store last week and I saw uh, issue four. I, I didn't pause, but I noticed that at least issue four was still on the uh, shelves. So nothing else. You, you, you can ruin the ending of the uh, prequel. Anyway, I dare you to. Um, no, no, I want to read it. Can I'm read sorry, it? I'm daring. Cool. Yeah, I'm daring the audience, not uh, you two. That would be okay. I just wanted to mention that that story was very cool. We get to see some familiar characters. It just kind of gives me a good feeling for the good. the new movie. I I am I am optimistic about it, but um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I'm ready for the Justice League of America movie. That's what I'm waiting for. Is it? Uh, wasn't it going to be animated or the were they going to be live action? It'll be okay. Yeah. Star Trek will be okay. I'm looking forward uh, to was, Iron Man. It, it was going to be done by uh, last. Uh, last I heard, the uh, the JLA movie, which is since I'm sure on uh, on hiatus or hold or whatever, or maybe it's just been shelved. Um, but it was going to be uh, directed by uh, a George. Uh, it's not George Martin, uh, dude. Dude that did uh, um, Mad Max and the Road. What Warrior movie are you talking about? Okay. Justice League movie. Oh. Was it going to be live action? Yes, dude. You know, okay. it'd be cool. Yeah, they're they're saying that they didn't know what they were going to do about it. I'm so boy, off topic, um, but uh, they they weren't sure exactly how they were going to do it because they they didn't have they knew they weren't going to have the budget and didn't really want to use Christian Bale and Brandon Ralph. Yeah, that's right. You know, as yeah. Superman, Batman. So they're like, are they just going to recast the entire thing? Apparently, yes. You know, do they want to slide in a Flash movie first, or you know, Green Lantern movie is getting ready to come out? Thank mm-hmm. you, thank you, thank you. Um, I don't know. I oddly have a bad enough, feeling about that. Well, it, it well, depends. It's, it's um, going to be the origin story and whatever. Yeah, um, that's that's the problem with the first comic book movie in any comic book series is yeah. that you've got to deal with the origin movie that most of us have known about for oh as long as we've been alive. Yeah, get Jeff Johns to write it, and I'll go see it. Yeah, I tell you what. Um, although uh, Jeff Johns, um, I think who is the one of the most brilliant writers out there these days. And I, I think that he does the most fun comic books to read. And, and it doesn't mean that they're, that they don't uh, have intellectual weight to them mm-hmm. because the stuff he writes is incredible. I mean, I just, you know, I still think that, that, um, uh, infinite crisis is, was the, uh, was the, the best written, most fun popcorn movie summer event, uh, we've had in the last, I don't know, generation maybe. I mean, I just, you know, I think incredibly highly of him. That being said, um, I could not have been much more disappointed. Maybe it's because I got my hopes up. Um, but that, uh, that Smallville episode that he wrote, I, you know, they, they had an article in it in wizard. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, since we're, you know, since we're still talking about that kind of thing. And, um, I, I guess I got my hopes way too high because I thought the, and I'm, I know we've discussed this at least briefly, uh, uh previous to this, but uh, I could not have been much more disappointed in that that stinking Smallville episode because you know people know that I'm a complete homer for any and all things Legion of Superheroes right. related, and I could not wait for that to hit. I, I waited for months for that to come out, and it was like this is not the Legion. And I realized, not a lot. That, yeah, Jeff Johns has never written the Legion, so I get that. I mean, I guess he he wrote the Adult Legion story and you know storyline action comics. Yes, I get that, but. Um, uh, but it just it seemed like his characterizations of those three characters were so far off, and I don't know if you want to call it some kind of you know Star Trek 
retcon, reboot, well, whatever. I mean, you, but you, you, you but, got you got to look at but that was Smallville wrong. as first of all, he no. had one episode. Okay, one episode to do all that in. If you he had to say, introduce three characters that you may not be familiar with, and just the problem I thought was, it was okay. No, the problem was that those characters had no moral compass at all. They were more and willing. They were ready and willing to kill, to wipe out memories, mm-hmm. to do whatever it took. They they had no sense of of you know of of I guess our current you know versions of morality, and it took Superman to tell them that no you shouldn't kill you know it's like well okay uh, well since this guy just told us I guess we uh, lost rule number one of being in legions we will never kill well I you mean know, it's I, like what the heck man that, that that was the primary story arc for that it was just like they, was they were gonna yeah they they were gonna kill but. But he changed them, and that's how they getting, set their goals, and that's how it became mad their goal. thinking about it just right now. And so I, I, it almost – there were a couple of times when I thought maybe that one part of a scene feels like something Jeff Johns might have written. Um, but, um, but again, you know, Jeff Johns, it was just a two-page spread, I think. But Jeff talking about, um, you know, how geeked out he was and how many Easter eggs he wanted to leave for the fans and, you know. Um, he just he got us all excited about it, and um, man, what a letdown! Well, so, it, was anyway. ni- it was nice to see the Legion on there. Yeah, so sorry, Jeff, and uh, yeah, the uh, the Legion, um, the Legion still rocks, and uh, yeah, it'd be nice if uh, they'd go ahead and start a uh, Legion of Superheroes uh, live action show, though. There's no way they could do it unless no. they. I mean, they could they could kind of do what uh, uh, what sci fi do that awful show Sanctuary. Which was awful, by the way. What are you talking about, man? I'm talking talking about TV and comics and sci-fi and stuff. It's perfect. It's right down the alley. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Go back. Okay, all right. I'm going. I'm, I'm backing up. I'm backing up. Star Trek. Oh, all right. Yeah. Well, May 10th. It, it, basically, the entire thing was was on Sanctuary was almost all on green screen. Okay. Um, that that was my point. So so the backgrounds, the you know, very very little of the stuff they shot was not you know, almost entirely in a green room. So anyway, there you okay. go. All right, I'm done. Well, I'm not ha- talking about them. Ha- it's too late for that. How about we have Bill Reed from the Book of Dune, and then we get out of here. <sighs> wow. Ladies and gentlemen, Bill McGonnell presents. Oh, and I still got to write. I still got to write that that thing to, that we yeah. talked about. I asked Bill to write. Okay, yes. Some copy. Uh-huh. I was going to have mm-hmm. my friend voice it. Some some friend of yours. Uh-huh. Some friend of yours. Okay. Air quotes. All right. Here we go. <sighs> Memory of Duncan Idaho's voice flowed through Paul's awareness. When your opponent fears you, then's the moment when you give the fear its own reign. Give it the time to work on him. Let it become terror. The terrified man fights himself. Eventually, he attacks in desperation. That is the most dangerous moment, but the terrified man can be trusted usually to make a fatal mistake. You're being trained here to detect those mistakes and use them. And that was a reading. Thus endeth the reading of the Book of Dune. Join us next week for another sentence from the Book of Dune with Bill McGonnell. I guess you guys have noticed that I've kind of, I've, it's kind of evolved a little bit. It's become mm-hmm. not so much one sentence passage. as a passage, it, it, it which I think is appropriate. Because I, I would like is, for it to be the word, one word There's, there's no, con- that, that, that's, that is the most ridiculous thing I've heard in the last, I don't know, 15 minutes. And that was the word from the Book of Doom. See, that could be from That's any book. That's a wrap. Book. That could be from any book. <laughs> There's no context there. And as you know... I got my boilerplate up. I'm all about context. One last time. But May I do 10th, not like boilerplates. 6, 6 p.m. Central, Central time. Central. 
We will have our live call-in live show. Call we'll be show. on, um, what was mm-hmm. it called? Uh, uh, Stick'em. Stick'em. We'll be on Stick'em. 972-798-3830. That's the voicemail number, but at that point in time, it will be live. Call with your comments and just to say hi, even. Okay. So, uh, and it's a spoiler show, too. We're yes. We're talk about that Total movie. spoilers. So this is going to be, uh, what day of the week? Sunday. Wait, I got this. It's going to be Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. There you go. Yeah. So if you're not going to a uh, truck and tractor pull, um, then you should uh, have seen <laughs> Star Trek, uh, the movie, by that point. And um, then you can call in and you can uh, tell us. You can cuss and discuss. Not cuss as and they discuss. Say. They, can, they can brag and re-mag. Let's end on a sad note. I'm sorry, sweetie. Let's end on a sad note. Beating my dog. I only hit him in the face once. God. Sorry, sweetie. They don't like to be picked up. Stop. They don't like being poked in the eyes. Okay. (laughs) That's that's a hint. Did you hurt a dog? uh, I tried to lift her, and she didn't like it. Oh no! Somebody's going to get an email. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! And on on a sad note, we got to end on a sad note. Golden Girl star. B. Arthur died at 86 yeah. a couple days ago. She had, she had a full life, I think we she can was, all. I don't know if you know all these young kids that listen to our show, Golden Girls. I don't know if it's full because she was not you terribly attractive. You have no idea what you missed. That show was awesome. What, Golden? I never saw one issue, one episode oh, of Golden Girls. Gosh. Not one. Okay, I can but talk she to Maude. But she was funny in Maude. Maude yeah. was funny. Golden was, Girls was awesome. Was Stallone, she was Sylvester a, Stallone's mom? She was acerbic. Was yeah, don't. Well, somebody should have thrown her from the train. By the uh, way, that was a great. Anyway, yeah, no. Brett, wait, Brett, do throw that mama from the train. Look up the long version of the mod theme that was on Family Guy. Can you find that? Family Guy. Family Guy uh, mod theme. Look, oh look that my up. Gosh. And while Brad looks that up, I'll start the boilerplate. Well, Thank good you luck. for listening to a half hour wasted, and be sure to check out the Legion of Dudes podcast. It comes out every Thursday on this same feed. Visit our website at halfhourwasted.com to check out our blogs, forum photos. And more. I got it. You got it? it? Okay. Want me to play it? Yeah. This takes about a minute and a half. (laughs) This is for B. Arthur. Oh, Oh, look. It's one of those early mod episodes with a really long opening credit sequence. I don't remember this open. You know what kills me? And and I understand that not everybody has the technology. Uh But what kills me is when 
somebody holds up their camera phone, put something mm-hmm. on YouTube, and they point their video camera at their television, yeah, and then yeah. upload that. Yeah, I mean, you see that a lot, really? actually. Really? Well, what I'm going to start doing is I'm going to start holding up my micro cassette recorder to the speakers on my computer, and then I'm going to start uh, uploading that stuff onto uh, P2P websites. <laughs> hey, so send, be send, listening for that. <laughs> send us your questions and comments to halfhourwaste at gmail.com or Do leave it. us a voicemail, 972-798-3830. You can also drop us an individual email at Brad, Frank, or Bill at halfhourwaste.com. It's confusing. Visit our sponsor, dcbs.com. And remember, our latest contest, send us a picture of you wasting time. That'll be for episode 121. We had to move it up an episode. Okay. Mm. And on Sunday, May 10th at 6 p.m. Central, we'll have our live call-in show for the next Star Trek movie. Until next week, I'm Frank. I'm Brad. I'm Bill. And Ed. say, say, uh, uh, Biscuit. Thank Bye you, Biscuit. Biscuits.